Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and arrive at episode number 476, where he asks the minds of Magnox the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Very well. Hey. How are you? Pretty well. Just just pretty well? Just pretty well. <laughs> yeah, today was a crazy busy day, so I'm pretty tired. Uh-huh. Well, I bet. Yeah. Yes, very, very busy. <laughs> I cannot say why. But yeah, you guys are vaccine central. I know why you're busy. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny these <laughs> statements. Uh, yeah, I'm reading between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, how are you? Are you well? Um, I'm doing well, yeah. You're doing well. I'm very well. Keith's pretty well. You're doing well. Went and saw my friend Keith at work, got some vaccine. It was it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I am. T- <laughs> Nobody takes that. <laughs> Please do not go and knock on his door. <laughs> I heard on the radio. Did you guys do anything this week? We, we watched, watched the it. Christmas Chronicles Volume Two, or oh, so did we. Chapter Two, or whatever. I liked it. I think it's just as good as the first one. I agree. No spoilers, because uh, I haven't seen either one of them yet. Kurt Russell's still the reason to tune into it. Uh, very much so. I, uh, <laughs> I, I saw a bit of an interview with, I, I didn't realize that Christopher Columbus um, directed, or, uh, well, he produced the first one, and then came back and directed the second one. And he had made yeah, the comment did that either. in this interview that, you know, people kind of go, oh, are you doing, you know, you're doing that uh, Netflix Christmas movie, you know, you, you must, Kurt Russell must have needed a paycheck or something. And, um, he says, let me tell you, he says, Kurt Russell treats this whole thing almost like a method actor. He says, we showed up and he had written a 200 page backstory for Santa on his own and just like here, you know, and, and he, he's done all the, 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 the research and the, the follow through as to why things would work in Santa's universe, the way that they do. <laughs> and he, he just went and did it on his own. And, um, as I was sitting there watching it, I was like, this almost feels like Kurt should have gotten a, a, you know, screenplay credit (laughs) because it really (laughs) felt like there was a lot of his story in there. Just little moments. It was like, yeah, that feels like that might've been part of it. But I got to say, I know everybody kind of has their, uh, you know, everybody's got their own Santa, their screen Santa. Um, for, for me, it forever and always will be David Huddleston from Santa Claus, the movie here, here. When, when I saw that one as a kid, I was just that this wasn't a movie. They went and filmed this at the North pole and that Santa, <laughs> I mean, just, and I still feel that way. We watched that this weekend too. And every time he shows up in that, in the, for the first time you see him in the red coat, it's just like, Oh my God, that's a Santa Claus. Yeah, you know? I, agree. I agree. But I gotta say, Kurt Russell's performance is so infectious and fun to watch. You can tell he's he, having a blast. He is rapidly climbing the ranks of my favorite screen Santas. Yeah, I'd say he's pretty high up there. We've got him on our list to watch. We just have not got around to it. We just haven't had any time together where we can all sit down and watch a movie. I, oh, I had to watch it. Totally What's that, yeah. Keith? 
I had to watch it in three sittings, but you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of hard to do that with my family, but. So you haven't seen any of them? I haven't seen either one of them yet. No. Oh. Yeah. I, I I had wanted to get around to the first one last year when it dropped, and I just never did. And I thought this year I was like, okay, we're definitely going to watch those, and and everybody's interested. They want to watch them. It's just a matter of getting everybody in the same room. Well, three of us want to watch them. I got one. I got one that doesn't like Christmas. She's oh, who's she's the, who's who's the Scrooge? She's a bit bah humbug about Christmas. So, how <laughs> uh, to be a teenager? <laughs> we did go um, look at Christmas lights the other night, and there's a. If you guys haven't seen it, there's a really cool one on. You know the road that runs north and south on the west side of Gage Park. There's a cemetery on that road. You guys know what I'm talking oh, yeah. about. If you go up closer to 6th Street on that road, up closer to 6th Street, there is a house that has one has the uh, music uh, tuned to their lights, and it puts oh. on a really good show. Uh, we went by there. I just I walk I walk Gage Park about a mile at Gage Park every day at lunch, and I've walked by there dozens of times and seen that they have lights, but I didn't know that it was synced. You could just see during the day, you could just see tons of stuff, you know. So I knew they had quite a few lights. So I that was the first place I said, well, I'll take you by this place. I'm curious. And we drove up there, and there was a line. And I was like, oh. And then I saw the sign that said tune radio to, and it had a frequency. And so we turned the radio there, and we could see it going with it. And so, and it was it was pretty nice because I think pretty much everybody would kind of stay through one song, and then they'd move on. So you moved up. Well, I think we didn't wait more than probably 10, 15 minutes to get up there in front of it to actually see one. But it, mm-hmm. it's it's several different songs. Uh, they've got a whole playlist going on. Uh, it's good. It's really impressive. And then we just, we, we've we got this, um, Mason found this uh, Christmas light looking uh, scavenger hunt, which has a list of different things to find, like a Santa on the roof. And I think there's probably 30 different items. We knocked out all but five, and one of them was a, was a Shrek. You, we have to find a Shrek decoration, <laughs> which I think this Ooh. list is a little old. Um, yeah. But uh, we knocked all out all but five. We went to Potwin and, and several other places that we know of. We haven't been out to the lake yet, but but that was a lot of fun. And then I watched uh, the Bee Gees' How Can You Mend a Broken Heart. It's that uh, Bee Gees documentary that just came out on HBO, and it is, is really that? good, really, really good. Um, I've always been sort of a you know peripheral fan of the Bee Gees. I love Saturday Night Fever. Uh, I like a lot of their old older stuff, um, but I didn't really know that much about them. And it, it is really, really well done. It's really kind of heartfelt. It's there's no, there's no big re- revelations, but it really puts you in a position of it's just really heartfelt the way they do it. And of course, Barry is the only one still around, so he's the only one that they interview real time. But they have interviews of Maurice and Robin from days past, so you do get mm-hmm. to. Uh, you know, hear from their perspective. Well, they kind of did what they do with the Beatles, with John Lennon stuff. They would pepper in his, you know, previous interviews with it. So it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. I recommend it, especially if you like the Bee Gees. Groovy. That's one thing that we were very interested in. So I want to give it a shot. Anything else? If not, let's move on to news. Well, there's a new trade digital trading card game coming soon called Worlds Apart. Where, but you can already start buying your card packs now. They are available in a variety of sizes. 
Um, the the cards packs or sizes, not the cards yes. themselves are all the same size. <laughs> they're all digital, so you yeah, know. that's true. They're all and however you want to view them. Yeah, that's true. So there are four different packs, each containing between five and ten limited edition cards, and fans can also collect thirteen different cosmetic card frames. So the game is free to play, but you have to buy the cards in order to play it. And it just looks like it's a traditional trading card game. Um, but but all just digitally? With Doctor Who? Tell us all about it, Glenn. I think you said it, Keith, but the, just to reemphasize, the game is not out yet. It doesn't come out until 2021. Right. Um, and it says it will be released for PC, um, although I managed to open cards and on my Mac. Uh, PC, yeah. Mac. Yeah. <laughs> If you go to Doctor and Who, and the mobile dash, game is coming, it says on the website. Yeah, so if you go to Doctor Who dash Worlds Apart dot com, like I did, and bought a pack for five dollars, <laughs> you can open up your packs too. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. I, I I don't know. I Sean and I, well, and Keith too, a little bit. You kind of came in on the tail end. We we always talk about how we played the Star Wars uh, TCG or trading card game years ago. Um, which was a lot of fun. I don't know if I could get into something like that again. I mean, it, it, it was a blast, but I just don't know that I could do it. And I think I bought a pack more out of curiosity than anything. I don't think it's something that I would dive headfirst into. Yeah, it's one of those things where if it were physical, I'd be a little bit more inclined to uh, try to get some. But I don't know. Digitally, I lo- start losing interest in it. Yeah. I, I think that I'm kind of split on that because I like the idea of digital, especially with the mobile version, because if you can just play it on the on the road, you know, or while, while you're just sitting somewhere, um, if, if you can do it that way, I, I, that appeals to me that you're not dag- dragging around, you know, these large physical d- decks with and worrying about card protectors and things like that. But on the flip side of that, when you pay the kind of money that they're asking for these different packs, and I mean, ultimately you can get into some pretty expensive cards. I Then I sort of on the other side where I kind of want a physical copy when I've purchased something like that. So I, I'm kind of in the middle. If you buy 10 of the TARDIS packs, it is $1,963. That is an option on the website. That is crazy. And Just there's, one is There's a, people out there that will do it. There will be people out there that will do that. Yes, because you get ex, uh, exclusive and special versions of the cards, or specifically the frames. Yeah. Sean? Yes? What's your reaction? <laughs> he's trying not to. <laughs> He's he's restraining himself so he doesn't buy some. He's a very you know that, that, that's that, that, honestly that's about it. Um, I, I look back at the time spent uh, playing the Star Wars TCG with great fondness, and I look back at the money spent playing the <laughs> Star Wars TCG with great depression. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, nah, I just I don't I don't think Doctor Who, especially with a, a digital card. Um, I don't think there's a big enough draw there for me to go, yes, have some. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if I played the actual game instead of just looking at Glenn opening some digital packs, um, <laughs> oh, I, would, I would feel pack. differently. Let's be clear. Yeah, I only bought pack. one pack. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, part of me is also like, well, we there already is a Doctor Who card game. I know it's not a trading card game, but there is a Doctor Who card game that mechanics didn't quite 
work as well as I thought they should. So how do I know this is going to not give me any different, the same, how well, do I know this one's going to be different? That's a good point. And I don't know. I mean, there are obviously different companies that are doing this and maybe this company that's doing worlds apart is more, you know, experienced in it than the, than the game makers did or were for the card game. I, who knows? Um, this one already looks more like a TCG. So I would think there's more thought put into it. Uh, I think the yeah. Doctor Who card game, while it, it had some of the mechanics of TCG, it still was, you know, being this self-inclusive uh, game and kind of had limitations. So I think that, you know, I, I, it's, it might be comparing apples to oranges. So according to the website, the roadmap has first quarter 2021, the marketplace goes live. Okay. I guess that's the trading aspect of it. Quarter two game alpha launches and then quarter four game public beta launches so the full unglitchy version may be a ways away (laughs) it could be (laughs) well we'll track it but you could get in on the beta and alpha testing which could be kind of fun too yeah we'll track its progress and see how it goes all right any other news should we move on to our reviews let's start with daleks no. Hold on, let me back away from my uh, from my headphones so that Glenn can give his. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna go. I, I I think I thoroughly enjoyed it as um, yeah. I I would say as much, if not a little more than last week. But I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to go there again. Um, yeah, I just I I completely had a blast. Um, I still was hanging on to that idea, especially after the mechanoids are pretty much <laughs> uh, f- fall into this trap that they've that's been placed before them. I still am scratching my head with that whole run back to Scaro, we're coming. I mean, if they had just <laughs> killed <laughs> the Emperor Dalek and the strategist, then. They wouldn't have Even had it, it, any way to come up with a plan to bring these Daleks out of reserves. Yeah, even if they hadn't been the last of the Daleks, it would have cut the head off the snake. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, that just it, that's the only thing that 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 I I I kind of fought against with. Oh, they, that kind of weird that they ended it that way. But oh well. Um, but I really, really, I thought it was really clever to have the strategist and I, I sort of saw it coming when he, when the scientist, they were getting ready to go into the realm and, and the, the, the emperor was pretending that, or he was at least giving us the impression that he thought that the strategist was betraying him. Um, I sort of saw it coming. I thought, oh, I wonder if this is going to be a, you know, a, a switcheroo here. Or a, uh, oh yeah. There's no way that, yeah. The- strategist would betray the Daleks. But I do and, like the, the, the concept of he used what the mechanoids, I mean, it's very much in the, the line with the MO of the Daleks, that he used what the mechanoids, or what the scientists specifically had showed how to uh, dispatch of the entity in order to use that against the mechanoids. I thought that was a neat little, oh, uh-oh, jab. <laughs> and it was a nice way to bring the overall story back to get around and tie it all in together absolutely absolutely and it gave us a little bit of a sort of a cliffhanger enough of a cliffhanger to kind of lead us into other time lord victorious vehicles without you know being a a, oh what happens next it you know it 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 leaves it in a you know this it's not over for you kind of thing um they could also springboard there later for another 
you know, five episode web series down the line if they wanted to do. Um, but also it connects loosely to the rest of the Time Lord Victoria stuff that involves the Daleks. So I think that it works really well. Yeah. So do we think this is all the mechanoids? No. Well, was it wasn't. It force. wasn't all the Daleks. So. <laughs> Although the the uh, mechanoid queen was taken off to that alternate universe too. So that's true. Cut off and the their cut off, cut off the head of the snake. <laughs> The Daleks did what the mechanoids should have. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Maybe they'll learn next time. Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> well, speaking of the mechanoids, we did get some, uh, one of our listeners reached out to us, Trevor, to let us know that they're going to be in the volume eight of Diary of River Song. Yeah, I like how he said, uh, look in the background of the cover <laughs> of the forthcoming <laughs> Diary of River, River Song part four. Is it the fourth one? Fourth set? Eight. Eighth set. Yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah. So the Mechanoids are remaking a return in audio. So. Yeah. It looks like just one of the stories, not all I wonder if it'll stories. take place before this or if it'll be on the heels of this. Maybe we'll find out if there's more Mechanoids out there. It's called Queen of the Mechanoids. Oh, this is probably prior then. It's a river story. I, I think I know who the Queen's question <laughs> is. <laughs> It's the same they didn't get What's-Her-Face, who did the queen in this to be in it. That would have oh, been a cool little uh, connection. Was it Anjali Mohendra? Yeah, it was Ronnie. From Sarah Jane Adventures, not from Doctor Yeah. Who. <laughs> yes. <laughs> different Ronnie. Right, different Ronnie. Different Ronnie. Yeah, it's good stuff. I just, uh, I, I'm elated by the idea that this web series was made and that it went over. I'm, I'm hoping it went over well. I'm hoping it's got a lot of views. I've seen uh, a few other reviews online and they've all been somewhat, or for the most part, uh, positive. And I hope that if uh, it does, in fact, uh, get a lot of views and a lot of review, good reviews, maybe they'll consider uh, proceeding with the series and maybe giving us a little more longer form uh, stories as well. And I think the animation, while it kind of reverted back to the PlayStation 2 look to it, I kind of got used to it by the time I got to the fifth episode. I'm telling you, anytime they show a planet that's not completely mechanics, it just, it, it, it does suffer. And come on, the sand planet, most games now can't even handle that. <laughs> well, you don't have you don't have much choice when you put them on Scarrow. You've got to make it look like Scarrow. I know, yeah. <laughs> well, Sean, you've been quiet. Do you have more about this? Uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I just kind of sat and absorbed it and uh, was very pleased with it. Um, and once, like Glenn, I sat there going, should have killed him, should have killed him, should have killed him, you know, pretty much all through the first half of the story. <clears throat> until uh, more Daleks rolled out the garage door, and then it's like, aha! And even then, I was like, ah, I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> and uh, I did bite. I, I thought maybe the the strategist had a a, a better strategy, as it were, mm-hmm. um, that the survival of the Daleks maybe meant sacrificing the Emperor, and that part of this was was a plan for that. Um, but then when uh, when he pulled the switcheroo and sucked the mechanoids off into you know, in space or whatever it was, um, it was still satisfying. And it was like, oh, well, of course, the strategist is smarter than everybody in the room. Mm-hmm. The entire thing was done just to rid themselves of a threat, even if it meant opening the Two door threats. to a bigger threat. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little surprised the entity didn't swoop in on Scarrow faster. 
Yeah. That's true. Maybe just didn't have the capabilities or couldn't manifest far enough or who knows. You know, it went, Very possible. it did go against uh, what you had suspected last week, Sean, about how uh, the mechanoids kind of had a bead on, they knew that Scarrow had been destroyed before, but now it may, sort of makes me wonder if that was part of the setup as well. They wanted the, I mean, we saw the attack on Scarrow early on in the series, but it kind of makes you wonder if they wanted, um, they wanted the mechanoids to be aware that, that Scarrow, Scarrow had, uh, you know, fallen to the entity. So, I mean, because when they get back, it's not decimated. I mean, there's obviously been uh, some damage in a war there, but it's not decimated. It's quiet. Yeah, buildings and everything are <laughs> yeah. still intact. It's so. quiet, but oh, it's not yeah. decimated. <laughs> for, for, for the number of times Scarrow has been wiped out, this was probably the best it's looked. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not see a single rock quarry on this visit to, to Scarrow. Yeah. So, Mechanoid's got a much better tour package than the Movellans did. Yes, <laughs> oh yeah yeah but no i'm uh I, I i was i was quite happy with it it ended and i was like oh, that, was, that was a little bit all right you know and uh like you i kind of hope that this means maybe some some ongoing things i won't even say bigger and better i'll just say more of it <laughs> yeah well stated I, I i agree it doesn't even happen. i mean it'd be nice if it's even bigger and better but more of the same would be fine too oh sure yeah I, if if you wanted to, you know, throw some Disney money at it and do a a, a Clone Wars style uh, Dalek campaigns, and it's just them every week in the trenches blowing stuff up, I'd watch. You know? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the minds of Magnox. The Doctor travels with Brian, the Ood Assassin, to the planet Magnox, one of the greatest receptacles of knowledge the universe will ever know. The Doctor's in search of a vital piece of information, but it's grade one classified. In order to gain an audience with the minds of Magnox themselves, he must take a dangerous test. Is he smart enough to get through? Meanwhile, Brian gets involved with a criminal fraternity and is given a job to assassinate the minds of Magnox. However, others also have the planet within their sights. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one as well. Sean, you want to start off? Yeah, I'll start off with this one. Um, this was a surprising amount of fun to listen to. And I say surprising because you, uh, well, I don't know about anybody else. I specifically tend to get set in my ways and uh, I expect a certain <sighs> level you. of. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a crudge mudgeon. And uh, I expect a certain amount of big finish in my audio presentations. And uh, knowing that this was not that, I kind of had steeled myself for for the inevitable disappointment that was going to come forward. And uh, instead, I found the the overall production was was, was just exceptionally done. Um, the guy that got to read this story was was just great. Yeah, Jake had done. Um, and when. David Tennant showed up as the Tenth Doctor. I went, wow! <laughs> they, they they really went and got that. No, they couldn't have because I would have that that would have been a thing. And so then I I went and looked it up, and no, it's just the guy. He's, yeah. he's just he does a very very good Tenth Doctor. Um, so I, I I was just pleased as punch as that. Um, the story itself I I really enjoyed as well. I kind of wish we'd have listened to this a little bit earlier in the run. Um, we didn't, ha- we didn't have a choice. It just, I know <laughs> just last week with, with, with <laughs> the, uh, with the ending, the way that yeah, it, it yeah. ends and the reveal of 
you know, the connection to, well, the Daleks show. Um, yeah. <laughs> See, I, that, that would have been nice. But... I think that's what I like better about doing it this way is because I think that's kind of an aha moment. I, I kind of, I've liked how they've done this because it really makes you, it, it makes it more of a stretch your brain sort of uh, exercise with this. Uh, not doing a particular reading order or releasing it in a quote-unquote reading order, I think it's sort of, it's neat because you, you start to do that, oh, okay, now I see where this connects. And this is, I think, the the first one that really not you know locks in the, okay, now I see where things are connecting. And so I really liked that. That's what I, I I'm kind of glad that we got it afterwards because now I can look back and go, okay, well, now we know the origins of the archive on Elos. And that's because of the, um, oh, what was her name? Uh, Pichelle. Um, she ends up becoming the Oracle of Elos. She gets the data uh, stick from the, uh, well, 11th Doctor, which I personally think that he, that Dudman did a, a fantastic job as the 10th Doctor, but he more than nailed the 11th Doctor. Yeah. smack on i think he's so much a better 11th doctor um, yeah i agree he for as doctor. good as his 10th doctor was his 11 was even better yeah so but but getting that data Which he's stick, done 11 a lot more i think yeah well no he's uh i think his bio he's he did uh he did do the 11th doctor for the doctors assembled during the doctor Who lockdown stuff uh but he's done the 10th doctor chronicles and the 11th Doctor Chronicles. So he's done equally as many, and he's also done the 12 Doctor Chronicles as well. So Well, now I shall require a sample of his Scottish brogue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're, I think you're right. Now that now that I I hear you say it out loud, I think maybe the 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 surprise gotcha moment of aha is cooler uh, having it come after versus if it had been a setup for before yeah because then we would have been i would have been watching daleks going well wait where's this how did this turn into this why is there nothing but robot you know right i think it suddenly would have just created more questions for me as opposed to uh as i said kind of being a, a gotcha moment mm-hmm. well and it's such a small little nugget of a thing where it's just okay there's the seed that got planted yeah and you see where it gets picked up later it's not you know it's not such a thing that requires large depth and exploration. Right. Yeah. Very true. No, absolutely. Considering Magnox is still during the dark times. I mean, it's not like we're outside the dark times now. So it's completely makes sense that over the course of centuries and eons that it evolves into robots instead of people. And we never saw the Islos's masters. These were just the archi- archivians at the archive as well right so i mean there's so much there's so many different directions you can go with just the idea that this was the nugget of ice loss i think it works really well yeah i also really appreciated the idea that the doctor for for as full-blown time lord victorious as he is at this point that he's still struggling with it that he's still fighting that and kind of reverting to type in a way that he is going out of his way to find a moral justification for what he's done, whether that's right or wrong, you know, that he he's, he's still searching for that. Yes, you did. Okay. And it bothered me 
that the the that moment um, was so completely and trustingly given over to Brian the Ood. <laughs> <laughs> because we, we we just got done saying, ah, you know, assassin, I came here to kill everybody. I was bored fulfilling my, my, my programming. No, you can't do that. Oh, okay, you're right. Hey, I could do this instead. Oh, what a brilliant... I, I'm, even I'm going, come on, dude, really? <laughs> it's how transparent can you get? That's like a Dalek rolling into the room and going, would you like some tea? I'm totally not going to kill you in a minute. <laughs> and the doctor still being blinded enough by his need to know that what he did was, was okay. Sentencing the, the Keturah to death, even though he obviously knows it's not okay. I mean, he wouldn't be there. Oh, looking yeah. for an answer. That's the question. He knows the answer already. Exactly. But the, that's the time Lord Victoria is kind of overriding that. Right. And right. so that's where his it, mind is right now. And I think that's what I like as well. It just, it was a very cool, um, I, I enjoyed the fact that we are still dealing with kind of the moral and ethical implications within the doctor's uh, setup. Um, even if it's just kind of a small thing like that, but it, it felt very weighty to me. Yeah. That it was, yeah, in, in the way that it was handled. So I think the ideas behind the planet and the species are pretty cool too, and they were described really well, so you could picture what they look like. Oh yeah, well, a planet with nothing but uh, uh, information for for currency. What a great idea! Yeah. Well, yeah. and the fact that more people learned, the more protuberances come on their heads, and you know, it kind of has a class system to it based off of how smart you are. That's all really cool stuff. That their heads grow in such a way too when they gain the knowledge. I thought that was kind of a neat. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, once they start describing the actual minds of Magnox is pretty impressive. Yeah, the visualization that you that you get in your head and it's it's I think it's painted really well. Um, yeah, I think uh, the author Darren Jones does a really good job of conveying uh, the 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 visuals in this book that you you know you're forced to imagine I think it does a really good job i also feel like the and maybe maybe you guys could uh, tuned into this as well despite the fact that this is a 10th doctor story and that it's you know very obviously new who in terms of its setting within the time lord victorious the the conventions of magnox and the description of the mines and going to the council and and just how everything was set up in regards to them. This to me really felt like a classic who story. Yeah, I can see that. I could see that. Yeah. Like, like almost a, you know, maybe even a second doctor adventure or something where it was just that <laughs> kind of feel to it. Oh, it just that definitely had a crotons uh, yeah. aspect to maybe it. That's what considering he had to do the, crotons. do the test, you know, and see if he would pass and that sort of thing. He Good thing have, uh, he didn't have Zoe there. He didn't have Zoe there to try it first. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it just reminded me of Crotons. Maybe that's where I'm coming off of that one. But yeah, I can see that. I hadn't thought of it when I was reading it, but I can totally see that. I I, I like the uh, and I I, I did catch this because I I know the uh, Brian the Ude T-shirt is out there, and we haven't reviewed it because well, it's a T-shirt, but it does have a bit of a story on it. And in fact, I can't remember what it says in the, in the, uh, when it's not in the light, but it glows in the dark. And when it glows in the dark, there's some text behind Brian. And one of the mentions that it makes is that he came from the, um, lesser, what was it? The lesser, lesser order of Oberon. 
um, which I had heard in passing when I was uh, looking at some Time Lord Victoria stuff. I think somebody was talking about the T-shirt. And uh, but this goes into a lot of detail about his backstory. And so we get a lot. Uh, we get that info dump on Brian in this, how he was, you know, he was taken uh, by the lesser order and he was, you know, to be a slave. Um, they 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 cut his hindbrain out from him very painfully, which you can kind of understand why he maybe was driven uh, to the insanity that he sort of <laughs> has now um and just the, the fact that he took out the rest of the the lesser order after this was done and you know took up as an assassin i think this was it was really a fascinating backstory to hear more and did you guys realize that the lesser order of oberon is connected to the greater order order of oberon of which um uh, I, okay, before you name? continue, okay, yeah, that may kind of make sense. Uh, or, or, <laughs> or who's the greater order of Orbanar? Well, <laughs> uh, well, Orsini from Revelation of the Daleks, the Sixth Doctor one. Revelation? That's Revelation, right? No. Yeah. Re- yeah. Okay. So Revelation. So Orsini was the guy. He and and Bostock were infiltrating the uh, Daleks in order to get to Davros and assassinate him. They were members of the Grand... Actually, he was exiled from... Not Greater, Grand Order of the Oberon. He was excised from... Or excommunicated from the Grand Order. So there's a nice little throwback or connection to some classic series stuff as well. Hmm. I guess Bostock was his squire. We were talking the Sixth Doctor um, funeral planet. Yes, that one. Okay. And you remember the two guys that were... They were... (laughs) The doctor was originally there, thought he was trying to stop them, and ends up finding out that he's there, that, well, Orsini is there for sure to take out Davros, so, and he ends up doing it. Well, it does and doesn't, but (laughs) anyway, I thought that was a neat connection to some classic Doctor Who as well. Mm, That is cool. What else? Keith, you... uh... I think you've said the less on this. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, I, I really um, agree with what you guys said. I thought Jacob Dudman did a fantastic job reading the story. I went into it a little bit hesitant, you know. Can he really do the Tenth Doctor? I, I thought he did a great job. And I even thought that his Brian sounded like an ood. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You, you could easily not. And it, I appreciated that. I thought the story was was really well done a, a lot of fun to listen to a good romp as it were um in the time lord victorious range and I, no complaints i liked it a lot i'll tell you written in a narrative um form i think even if his doctor's voice even if either of his doctor voices or the ood voice had not been as good as they were it still would have been okay because of the way they chose to tell the story by having the narrator yeah but it's all the more better for the fact that they got this guy that can actually perform those two doctors significantly well. So that gets marks, yeah, high marks true. for that as well. All right. Well, and we now have... I want to listen to more of these side type of stories yeah, that he has done. I would agree. I would agree. In fact, I wonder if that will change your guys' mind about, because you guys are pretty hesitant of these chronicles. Uh, knowing that there's not the actual actors portraying the doctors in them, so I wondered how. I wonder if you guys maybe are a little more willing and open to them 
I mean, obviously, I'm already you, starting you to look them. at the eleventh Doctor one. Are you? Okay. <laughs> well, very good. Which features a Christmas story in it. <gasps> it does. Why didn't we do that? And Kazran. <gasps> it does. <gasps> That's yeah. cool. All right, Quick well. change of the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We're not. Well, we maybe if unfortunately we, we can't do that one in conjunction with the last Christmas, which we're doing. Well, speaking of which, oh, Christmas Carol. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sorry, Christmas Carol. Did we I say last? Did I say last Christmas? You did. We have a uh, week. That's because I have in my brain. That stupid Whamageddon's thing. You you saw I went out today, or not today, yesterday, or Saturday, Sean. Oh, you did? I did. Aww. I was, I, it, here's the crazy thing about it is I, for anybody who doesn't know, we're playing Whamageddon, and that's where you try to go the entire Christmas season without hearing uh, Last Christmas. And you don't go out of your way necessarily to avoid it but I do. you ju- well <laughs> but to, to play the game you you are that's the idea is to see if you can get all the way to or past christmas without hearing it and we've played i think sean's brought it up both last year and this year for sure and we've played and and uh, i think last year i made it all the way and this year i yeah i got out. tagged uh, well um the 12th uh, last year I got tagged so i would have already been out had this been last year i think but. i went out on the 12th this year i think that was yeah, that was Saturday, right? So <laughs> the twelfth this year. Yes, it was. Well, beware the twelfth if you're playing. Anyway, so that's that's been in my head. Oh, the funny thing is, I, I like I say, I don't want to. I wasn't actively trying to avoid it. I was just seeing how long I could go. And I have a playlist on my phone of Christmas songs <laughs> that I play, and I've been hitting shuffle just so that I because I know where it is on there and I don't I don't want to hit it purposefully and so I've been hitting shuffle and we got it was we literally were getting in the car to go watch or look at the Christmas lights and that's it was the first song that came up <laughs> I went oh come on <laughs> Holly said you're out aren't you <laughs> anyway that segue yeah we we could pair I'm up playing Russian roulette there <laughs> we could pair up that 11th 11th Doctor Chronicle with the uh story we're doing last week and have a have the uh, sequel along with it we'll have to discuss that behind the scenes sean what do we actually have coming up on the schedule well i thought i knew um <laughs> <laughs> the the plan as it stood would have been to do uh, a, a fun little uh, christmas adventure and go back and uh, revisit a christmas carol uh since we're coming up on our uh, our phew, 10 years of uh, delivering the goods, as it were. And uh, that was the first episode that we made Keith watch and uh, the subject of our first episode. So we thought it'd be go back to uh, fun to go back and revisit that for a Christmas special for this year. We may wind up pairing it up with uh, this other audio. We will let you know. Um, and then a return to Time Lord Victorious the following week with, uh, well, this is the part that I may or may not get right. Um, the Eagle Moss Collection uh, short story, The Last Message, which comes with the Dalek Emperor and Dalek Drone action figures. Well, they're not action figures, they're collectible figures. And then, are we doing the other one as well? We are doing the other one as well. I was trying to get it in there before. <laughs> well, I, I had changed it, and then I second-guessed myself. Yeah, no, you, so. you, you, you probably had it right. I just... Now we, we, I, have a, we have a living document that we're, yeah. we're currently shuffling things around on, and I, I, I goofed it up. <laughs> Uh, no, you're, then, you're uh, good. You're good. 
the, the other Eagle Moth story is uh, another short mission to the known, which comes packaged with the Dalek commander and Dalek scientist figures, along with the Big Finish uh, audio adventure, Mutually Assured Destruction. So that is on the docket for after our Christmas special. And I'm not going to go any further because it'll change. Well, I suppose I can go one week further, which yeah, is the Revolution you, of the Dogs, because the show comes back. That one's pretty much yeah <laughs> locked in. I, I don't think that one's going to change at all. I don't months. think that one's changing any. So, <laughs> yay, Doctor Who's back on TV. <laughs> well, and, and, we, only. and we are somewhat tracking this online as our uh, living document has become alive and uh, self-aware on our website. So be sure to go there and check it out. If any changes happen, I'm sure that that document will update itself as well. Uh, be sure to check out our website. It is travelingthevortex.com. Uh, if you get any value out of this podcast, uh, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by clicking on our Patreon link that you can find on travelingthevortex.com. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast. And make sure you join in the conversation in our listeners forum on Facebook. And we had a request from Jamie, who's kind of our facilitator on that site, uh, recommending that people go back if you're new to the listeners forum and uh, you haven't been there before, scroll back through the conversations uh, because you can continue to add to those um, and let your voice be heard and, and let us know some of your opinions on those. And I believe that is it. Is there anything else we need to share, guys? If not, I don't think so. until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. And I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.